Welcome to the Commotion Podcast, and I'm sitting here with my friend KT Neumann of E-Velocity, and I always, I never know how to spell E-Velocity, <laughs> so, but anyway, it's E-V-E-L-O-Z-C-I-T-Y, and we like the C-I-T-Y because we're all about cities and transforming them. So, what is E-Velocity? I mean, you're, you're out to be a real OEM, a, a, a car manufacturer right here in the heart of Los Angeles. Well, first of all, John, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. <laughs> um, and thank you that you uh, spelled it out for everyone because we have a lot of misspellings. Uh-huh. Uh, this name is not to be our final name. It's, it's, oh, okay. We call it the E-Velocity Project. It's a good name because it talks about cities and it talks yeah. about um, velocities so or movement and right. speed. And um, and yes, you're right. We are building a car, but we don't want to be a car maker. We don't. We want to behave all different than traditional car makers. Uh-huh. But in in what way? I mean, first of all, you're you're focusing on the EV side of things, on the electric side of things. Uh, absolutely. So that's the the first yeah. aspect of it. Obviously, we only do EV uh, because we want to do build a sustainable product which can be used in cities. Right. And we do think that the whole model of car ownership and how we use cars is going to change. And it needs to change because we started at with the question, like, what needs to be true that everyone can drive an electric car? Right. So and the answer to that is, well, there's great solutions for electro- electric mobility, like, like see along the Teslas or all the new products which are now coming. So most, most of them, if not all, are large limousines or SUVs or super sports cars. Right. And uh, in the higher price brackets. And there it is like relatively simple because you can now um, afford all the technology. But what does it take to build a car which really the masses could use? And that's the idea here, um, that then we need like to change the whole model of how we sell cars, how we use cars, how we own cars. Wow, you sound like uh, Elon there. Well, Elon is selling. I mean, you know, he's Tesla bypassed the dealership network. Yes, right? and that's definitely one important innovation. Right. But we want to go beyond that. We want to go beyond the question of ownership. We want uh, not to sell this car, but you will be able to subscribe the car uh, and have it. Um, we want to see. Want to see that we find a model that mobility on demand doesn't meet anymore. Right. Mean anymore that you have a car which sits there and waits on your demand. Right. And is wasted all, most of the time, but that you get a car as you need it. But Katie, I mean, how are you, I mean, you're really a startup, a well-funded startup, but how do you differentiate yourselves from the, you know, the traditional OEMs? I mean, you have, you know, uh, Volkswagen, Daimler, GM, they all want to reimagine themselves as mobility services companies or mobility companies rather than as car manufacturers. So here you're just starting out. How do you compete with... uh, one of these big boys that has billions and billions of dollars in R&D and uh, capacity and all that stuff. Well, there's there's a number of, like, I think, radical reinventions we did about the business model and the whole how we, how we approach this. That's why I was saying we're not a car maker per se. We, we behave differently. And the first is with the design of the car. So we really took a very radical approach. We didn't try to trans to see it evolutionary, so to do an electric SUV with a trunk in front and the passenger sits, sits in the middle and, and or with an engine in the front or right. a, a trunk now right. and then a trunk in the back. 
No, we reinvented it. We said, let's do a skateboard. Let's put really everything down into the base of this car. Um, a standardized skateboard with the batteries, the motors, the suspension, everything in there. Right. And entirely flat and, and pretty much self-contained. So all the expensive developments and systems are in this skateboard. And then we do exactly one skateboard. We never touch it. We never change it. Um, and we build different bodies on, on top of that skateboard. And these, these bodies then require much less development cost. And uh, we create scale in the skateboard. Uh, we even think of selling the skateboard alone for, for OEMs, which right. want to build an electric car. Um, but the outcome of this will be a car, and I can't talk about the design here, but I, what I can tell you, it's a car for cities, which is designed, um, which looks much different from what we would expect. Right. And which is small from the outside. So it's about this, uh, it's, it's smaller than a, a Prius. From wow. Ralph, yeah, but it's much bigger from the inside. It's like huge from the inside right. because we now take full advantage. We don't, we don't look like a traditional car, and we don't um, from the inside. It's it's totally different. This sounds to me like you may be thinking of an autonomous future down the line. Obviously, I like to think it from the endpoint, yeah. and for me, the endpoint in cities is that it's autonomous, right. and we will be driven by robots. Yeah. And here, by the way, you see it. We will not own these robots. Yeah. These robots will be owned by someone, for sure, and they will be there when we need them. Right. So our car, um, we, don't, we don't think that we want to launch the car in 21, so we don't think that we will have a, a versatile and, and, and all available technology by then. So we're not waiting for it and we're not connecting our business model to it. So for the first time, we will have a driver. But um, if the technology is ready, then our car is ready. And if you see it, you would say, okay, this is the perfect robo-taxi. And when is when when are you going to reveal your first model or models? Well, we want to SOP the models in uh, 21 uh -huh. and reveal them not, not too much before that because we don't want to make everyone excited and then talk too much about it. So a little stealth about the car, uh, but 21 is when, when it goes. Well, I know there's a, a huge amount of buzz and interest probably around the world about what you're doing. <laughs> yes. But are you worried about the, you know, the cycle? I mean, you have, you know, almost every big OEM on earth is coming out with EVs. Yeah. Uh, and soon we have, you know, pretty close to here, we have Rivian, which is another EV startup. Um, they're revealing at the car show in, um, in December in, in Los Angeles. You worried about the cycle or you're confident that, you know... Yes, I'm confident because, of course, we get the question a lot. So how do... I think in China alone, there's 450 EV startups. It's amazing. Yes, yeah. absolutely yeah. amazing. So yeah. And the world is not waiting for us. Yeah. So we have to do something different. Right. And I think because, because I think of the maturity of the team and the expertise of the team and, and really understanding the industry, we came with some different solutions. Right. Let me give you one example. We, we think that... The EVs is obviously right now possible, and I think it can also be profitable if you're in the upper segment of the market. Yeah. So if you get 80,000, 100,000 or beyond dollars for your electric car, you, you shouldn't have a problem, really. So, but if you want to build, if you want to replace people's normal cars with electric cars, if you want to sell a car for 20, 25, $30,000 or even less, then you are in trouble. Because, and, and then what people do, what we see, what our, what all the traditional OEMs are trying to do, they, of course, they do their market research and they find people want small SUVs. So they try to do a small SUV uh, with extended reach, 
with supercharging, fast charging capabilities, which can be used in cities and countryside. You can use it like you use your combustion engine car and it looks exactly like your combustion right. engine car. So, and then they want to sell it for the price of the combustion engine car and that's not going to work because even though battery cost is coming down, all the other technologies cost is coming down, but it's a process It takes years. Um, and the business model where you're depending on that, you make 30% or something-ish margin on a car for to feed your dealer system, to feed your, your typical development process, to feed your investments and, and your, um, also all your, your advertisement process. So if you want to do that, that's not, not going to work because you add $6,000, $9,000 of additional cost for the electric car. So we think for the electric car, it needs a different business model. And we will not have margins of 30% in the future. We may have margins of 10%. Right. So, and that the first step of that is you, you can't have dealers, right? Because there's nothing to, to distribute here. But also, um, you need to go beyond that. You, can, can you even have ownership? Or do you need to find different business models? So that's beside that innovation in the car, that our car is obviously different and gives more value on a smaller footprint and is perfectly made for sharing and right-hailing and, and, um, and subscription. Also, the business model is entirely different. So this is, this is two of what we say, the, the, the four big innovations we have in our company. The third one is we don't have a factory. So we don't want to build, most startups build a factory first thing. So we want to manufacture the car um, with, a, with a manufacturer. Right. Um, because we also believe the auto industry is transforming into an industry like the consumer industries, electronics industries today, where you have designers and service providers like us. And then you have manufacturers who really create scale and who are competent in what they do because we think lots of things need to be disrupted. But the manufacturing of vehicles is something which we really know how to do. Or we don't know, but the manufacturers do know right. how to do it. So that's, that's the third thing. And the fourth thing is that we really um, also believe that cars are playing a different role in your, in your life, in your ecosystem. Like everything is connected now and the car will be connected, obviously. And you will also be connected while you're in the car. But also there we are taking a different approach than all the traditional OEMs do. Can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Of course I can. Well, if, if you, for example, look at like, there's now even a race of like about how big screens are in the car yeah. and, and car makers, I think they start from the point they, they think they build a car, which is perfectly right. But then on top of that, they added services, um, financing, insurance. And so they extended their business model around the car, always car focused. And now they think they can extend it also into the internet. So they can offer you services um, like telematic services, subscription services, all kind of things on top of that. And they think while you're in the car, you are there, they have you as a customer and they're captive and they can build their own systems mm -hmm. like, like the Mercedes system or the OnStar system. Or they, they want you in their, in their world. Yeah. I saw the Mercedes, the new Mercedes system. Yeah, and it's very impressive. It it's it's very idea. impressive. I don't want to uh, make bad comments yeah. on it. But is that really the right way? Or is the future, the, isn't it so that our digital life, which is on our mobile phones, yeah. is with us 
on the phone and on devices and we walk that life into the car and into the car we want it flawless and seamless in the same way like outside the car let's give you an example most, most people have like large screens and, and proprietary navigation systems in their cars but they still walk in their small iphone screen or something and right. use base right yeah and that's only one example i think your music um you bring it into into the car with your phone uh, you bring your navigation your music uh your whole life Okay. So, couldn't it be that the car of the future is just another client in your digital life? The car of the future is not going to be your digital life of um, mobility. It's just a device and we see it like this. So, we built a very lean user interface. We depend on that you walk your digital context into the car and our services are all in the cloud. So, it's very lean interface. It also simplifies my life because again, if I sit in rent a car, I don't know how to use these things and I also don't want to learn it. Right. I also don't want to learn the language of which I need to talk to this car. Right. Uh, how do I enter navigation? I don't know and I don't, but I know how to speak to my phone right. and do that. So I think there is a, this is a big change in from what anyone, everyone else is doing because I think they built on the false hope that they could own the customer when he's in the car. Right. And we built on the idea that the car is just another device in my digital life. Right. And it's connected to that. And we will not be in charge of you know, defining that or owning the customer. We will have, hopefully, the best device. I mean, I'd add a fourth uh, differentiator. And that is, I mean, you have some real uh, industrial firepower here. I mean, you <laughs> yourself, I mean, you're one of the leaders of the German car industry. Um, the team is really amazing uh, when I think of it. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, quite Germanic and in, in, in yeah. not totally Germanic, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, you know, it's wonderful that, uh, you know, the top people are, it's just like the best of the German car industry in Los Angeles and with a lot of the finance coming from China. So yeah. it's, um, it really is a globalized world. Um, what... The fact that you're in Los Angeles is, you know, one doesn't automatically think of L.A. as the center of, you know, the um, kind of car manufacturing of car culture. Aeronautics, yes. You know, one thinks of Detroit. One thinks of, you know, Turin, etc. So L.A. And, and you're not the first. You're not alone, of course. So why is that? Why the choice of Los Angeles? Uh, for the weather, I guess. <laughs> yeah, abs oh, that's, a, that's an important factor. Like Stefan, when he recruited me, he said, um, if you take away two worries in your life, uh, one is the weather and the other is what, what, what do I wear today? Because yeah. in Germany, we need to wear ties and everything. Yeah. Then your life is much better. And, <laughs> and he's right with that. But honestly, the key reason is, I, I think I'm in, in, in a way kind, sad that I can't do that in, in my whole country. Because I think what we see here is really disruptive developments. Right. The auto industry is, is changing big time and with, with, from, from many frontiers now. It's not just one development like e-mobility. It's also connectivity and autonomous and yeah. this whole ownership model. So all of that. And the innovations for that, we think, come very, very much here from the, the West Coast um, of, of the U.S. and from China. Yeah, so but you I, could have been in Silicon Valley. Yes, and so, that was so, the original yeah. idea also yeah. to be in Silicon Valley. But LA is like when you want to develop something with substance like a car, some, yeah. some, some material thing, it's a good place because you find much more engineers, you find a lot of creative people, so mechanical engineers. You have the, the history here of, of um, 
of the aeronautic industry and, and also vehicle industry. So there were some of us already yeah. which have car plants here. So you see, you find a lot of great designers. Right. And in general, you find a lot of creativity. Yeah, for sure. And so we found this is a perfect place to be. And this relationship with China, I think, is also very important because I believe on what we just discussed, that the car is just a component, a device in a larger ecosystem of mobility. This thinking, so thinking the car from the outside in rather than from inside out, that I think China is, is much more advanced than we are. So if you can bring these worlds together, uh, then I think you have the perfect place. And, and I think I am in that place. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I fully buy into... Mayor Garcetti's vision for the future of Los Angeles yeah. as the transportation technology capital of the world, and yeah. I think that's you know that's a that's a great mission for this city. But um, the 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 skateboards that are common to all your vehicles, I imagine they will be manufactured in China. Yes. So how worried are you by the trade frictions now? Because you know if if you were coming out now, those skateboards would be slapped with a sort of twenty five percent tariff, I suppose. Well, obviously, it, it it concerns us. So yeah. it's it's something we we absolutely don't like. Yeah. But on the other hand, side it's like um, it's a barrier which is similar for everyone, and and you never know That's what's true. going to come. Yeah. Uh, for us, the current setup would be we would build the we would start building the car in North America. So we would have facility here to build the car, and then we would uh, move the so that would be our start of production, and then move it to China and have an even larger production in China. Right. So if things develop in certain directions which we can't foresee or we may foresee now, we can we can change that plan and and adapt it to it. But generally because we also think that our much larger market is China. Yeah. So it looks like we we did it right because we produce a majority in China, but we also produce cars here. And it's very important for us to be a California brand. So that's why we also want to manufacture cars here. Got it. Now, Katie, I, I understand that you're also responsible for uh, for blockchain and, and how that blockchain relates to you know automotive and what you're doing. I mean, what are the practical applications of blockchain? Super interested in this. I think a lot of people are. <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, because we said our car is is more than a car, it's it's a device uh, for mobility. So it's a platform. It's like when you think of like a traditional car being a phone and the next generation of cars being smartphones. So they become platforms for services. Then you have to, of course, think about how to offer these services and what services are around there. And uh, you do know, for example, that I'm also personally invested into in a company in Berlin which creates such services. And we do think there will be local solutions for this, many, many, and different in different places. And we don't want to create them. So we said we want to connect our car to the internet but maybe we should connect our car to a blockchain-powered marketplace. And in that marketplace, you can bring together the different actors and they can, they can create their mobility services uh, on that marketplace. Give, give me an example of how that would work out in, in practice. Well, I'll give you one example. Let's say for when I came here, I saw, saw these wonderful scooters. Mm -hmm. Uh, so first thing I needed to do is like, like bird scooters, for example, example yeah. the bird scooters. Uh, first thing I needed to do was download the app, register myself with my driver license, which, by the way, on that day I didn't even have. I only had a German driver license. Right. So I needed to learn how to fake the system about that. But then I needed to enter my credit card and then I can go. 
So next day I see a Lime scooter and I need to do the same silly procedure again. And I do it again and again when I rent a car, when I, whenever I want to, to, to buy some basic mobility services. Um, I would possibly even do something similar if I wanted buy a passport to use the metro system or something. So couldn't, wouldn't it be possible that we create a mobility identity or user identity for me in, uh, which is secured by a blockchain right, that's uh, technology totally secure, yeah. and then um, have, have created a general passport for me so that I could use all these systems seamlessly again. And the same can be done with cars. For I'll give you an example. Our car, when we build it, we will put um, not only the WIN number into a blockchain record, we would also write down all the components which are in the car so that we have a list of all the devices or all the components which went into. So if a supplier needs to find where is a certain particular component which may be faulty and needs to be recalled, he can find it immediately on these records. Uh, we would record everything which happens to the vehicle, like how it's maintained, how it is driven, how the battery was charged and cycled. And so if you ever or someone ever sells that car, you would have a perfect and, and uh, a record which you couldn't fiddle around with, which you couldn't manipulate about how the car was used. And so you can spin that on and there's many, many examples. But that implies some degree of standardization with uh, blockchain uh, protocols, right? I mean, you, That's true. You, have to, you have to at some point make a, a bet that you're going to go with, let's say, you know, Ether or Ethereum or Absolutely. some other, yes. you know, have you started looking at that? Um, the, I, what, what we're currently thinking is that we will start um, another activity independent from eVelocity, oh. which actually creates that. So to create, bring partners together, which are able to create that exact standards and systems. And, and we found it's like, it's really not an eVelocity thing. It's something different, something bigger in some way. And eVelocity, we are really interested to get these kind of services. We think we can create m value with our car in connecting to this kind of services. But um, we alone will not be able to build those services. Got it. Well, it's absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to see uh, the vehicle. <laughs> and uh, I'll definitely, I think I'll be a subscriber if it's all that you say it is, mm -hmm. uh, KT, which I'm sure it will be. So thank you very, very much for your time. It's been absolutely enlightening. We're sitting here in the um, eVelocity offices in the middle of Los Angeles in sunny Torrance. <laughs> yes. So I may go and find some sushi afterwards uh, before my next meeting. Thanks very much, KT. Yeah, thank it's been really fun. Thank you, John. It was fun and uh, thanks for coming by. Okay, take care.